everyone. It's George Gill with Key Property Group. Welcome back to episode three of our podcast. I'm here once again with Gustavo Martinez. Hello. And we are going to be talking about something pretty exciting. Um, the topic of today's topic of today's podcast is going to be a new venture, a new endeavor that you're taking on. Feel your words. <laughs> I'm actually making a point to come up with the most extravagant words for this podcast, just to annoy you or to throw you off. Just keep it simple, stupid. Okay, fine. So um, I don't want to give too much away because I want you to actually be the one to explain what it is that you're going through. But in a nutshell, for the last three, four years, you have been on the helping side of buyers and sellers. And actually predominantly helping people buy yeah. is just, just the way that your business has worked out. You've predominantly helped out buyers. And for the last four years, you've been helping buyers. And now you're actually starting this very important next chapter of your life, which is buying your own house. So I'd like to focus this podcast, this episode on, on that. And if you could share with us and elaborate where you're going with it, what your experience with it has been so far, if you've learned anything new now that you're on the other side of the table. Um, so yeah, you can start by just giving us uh, some some background information on, on, on what you're looking for and where you are right now in the, in the process. All right. So, so yeah, so the reason I got into the business, I don't know if I ever made this known before, like, like this on the podcast. I don't think I said it before, but it is because I wanted to buy property for myself and because I wanted to actually start investing in, in, in real estate and I figured the best way to learn is to just do it so so three and a half years later uh, after working with a lot of buyers and learning a lot of things and learning how to how these numbers work and, and what makes an, a good investment I decided to to move forward you know forward for myself and and yes yeah, so I got pre-approved about 30 days ago or so it feels was it 30 days ago two weeks feels like forever already well, there was a time when you knew that September would have been the time when you actually would have been able to get qualified. But I guess formally, you did get the official pre-qualification yes. or pre-approval rather a few weeks ago, I guess. So, yeah. So every day I come into the office and I check what's new that day that I can go take a look at for myself. And sadly, it's never much. It's never much. Sometimes a day or two go by without a new property and that, that really sucks. But either way. I have seen uh, three or four, uh, four or five houses actually for myself already. Nothing that I fell in love with, but but I am learning that everything could potentially work number wise. You know, every house that I've seen, it has the potential to to make to make money every month if if invested properly, I guess, or if uh, if ma if maintained properly, if managed properly, I suppose. Uh, and the one downside for me is the fact that I'm doing an FHA loan, which means that I can, if I'm looking for a three-family house, I have to live in one of the houses, well, the same place with two, which, you know, brings down my rental income from three units to two, which is probably, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm seeking a three-family rather than a two. And, and I do understand that, you know, that's a very low down payment out of pocket and that's, um, which three and a half percent, by the way, for people that don't know, but because of that, I, because I have to live there and because I have, you know, it's not going to make me that much money at first. I'm being extra cautious about, you know, where, where the house is and the condition of the property and all that stuff. Plus it's my first time. I may have done it a lot of times with more people, but it is my first time doing it. So now I'm, I am getting the, the whole you know, buyer, what is it called? Buyer 
experience? I mean, uh, so I suppose, you know, like well, when you when you represent a buyer, a client, it's all black and white. It's all numbers. It's like, hey, you told me you wanted A, B, and C. I'm showing you A, B, and C. Why aren't you buying it? Obviously, not 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 that <laughs> not that straightforward. But but yes, but a lot of the times, you know, you work with people that you show them houses that really do fit their needs. And, and they don't want to they don't want to move forward with it and you and you kind of have to take a step back after a while and figure out where the real motivation is or where the issue is right. so now uh, I know I'm motivated I know I want to buy a house I know I want to do these things but I guess I'm always fearful of what's going to come next and, and and the fear of missing out on the next one that may be potentially a better one which is funny because my clients tell me that too and I'm like well listen if I thought like that actually my response to that when people tell me I don't know what else you know I don't want to move forward what if something else comes in the market I always tell them that's why I'm not married yet <laughs> you know something else might something better might come along but 60 years old if something else, something else might yeah. come along I'm not, not committed to anything whatever <laughs> but yeah so I know I just I just said a lot but um, yeah I have to jot down a couple of points because you mentioned a couple of good things and I don't want to forget them so one of the things that I was hoping that we would find our way to which we actually already have based on the fact that you alluded to it is and the fact that we talked about it before the podcast started <laughs> yeah, so we're right on track with what we, how we rehearsed it um, the experience that you are having now as the buyer and you know, I think that among the many responsibilities and roles that a real estate agent should play in the transaction, one of them is, one of them should be the voice of reason. Right. This is a very, very stressful and overwhelming and emotional process that sometimes it's very hard for someone, particularly somebody who's doing it for the first time and doesn't know the ins and outs of the transaction and whatnot, can find it very difficult to think straight and to make reason out of, out of, out of any particular situation, whether it's a, a hurdle during the inspect, inspection or a hurdle during um, even the, the, the house search process. So the voice of reason should always be the realtor, because as you said, it's black and white. In most cases, they might not be making a very informed decision because they're leading with emotion and they're making the decision with emotion and they're not thinking straight or they're afraid to commit for no other reason other than they're getting cold feet. So the realtor should be that voice of reason. And you've as, as you mentioned, you've been doing it for four years as a real estate person and you've been helping people get, you know, walk them off of the right. ledge and provide that voice of reason to them. So now. Well, bottom line is if I was as emotional as I am right now in my own property with my clients, no one would ever buy anything <laughs> because they will be scared and I will be scared with them rather than being like, well, hold on. Like, <laughs> so you're saying you're scared? No, I don't think that's what it is. It's not fear. It's not fear of buying something. It's fear of missing out on the next best thing coming up. Or I guess that's what it sure, is. Yes, you did. You did mention because that. there was a house that I really, really loved, and I was ready to go. You know, I was ready to go, and it didn't work out. And and I want to feel the way I did with that house, with whichever house I find in the future. And would I haven't really felt that with any of the other ones. Yeah. Well, would you say that? Okay, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. But would you say that th there is some fear? Maybe not a matter of just being afraid of what you're getting into, but just a uh, an overwhelming sense of responsibility. Sorry sense of responsibility to make sure that you're making the right decision. So if you're analyzing a property, aside from the fear that you might have about missing out on another that might come along, is it also subconscious fear and worry that you might not be making the right decision based on what your goals are? Not that there is a right or wrong, but you have pretty defined goals in terms of 
you want the multifamily because you want the, the, the passive income. You want to be able to invest in that manner. You want to take advantage of FHA right. in that. So there's a lot of goals that are, are driving you toward a multifamily property. And so no, would you say that at the same time, you there's a, there's a stress to actually make sure you're crunching your numbers the right way. Well, sure. I mean, and, when you invest in money, I guess that's always going to be the case. Right. But, but this is the, the, the beauty about this is that even if you don't get the best deal out there, you're still going to make money on it. Right. When so, it comes to multifamily. No, of course. Yeah. So I guess what I was getting at is that now that you're on that side of the table and in that role, you're probably analyzing things a lot more than, than you might be addressing them when you're on the real in your real estate shoes because obviously you know you've 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 analyzed I, information I wore, on this, paper. I wore the same shoes to these show that i do at work so the same ones all the, the same time. ones all the time <laughs> i don't i don't make a lot of money guys um i'm gonna go i'm gonna have a gofundme account for shoes but yeah go on sorry so um so yeah what i was what i was getting at is the interesting manner in which we see the same exact transaction. So if we were to be, if we were to deal with one transaction, one, two, three main street, and the numbers work the way that the client wanted it to work. And they just got cold feet because it's their first time buying a house as the realtor, you know, you are holding their hand and walking them off the ledge and explaining to them and reminding them why they wanted to buy this house, reminding them of the numbers, reminding them of what their goals are in the hopes that they would say, okay, thank you. You you talked me out of, uh, out of, um, a fear that was self-induced for right, no reason. Right. So my job at the end of the day is to just to get you socks. <laughs> if you have coffee, I will bring you socks. And the, and the form, of and the form, and the form of, of, you know, reassurance and the form of, of making sure that you understand that I'm not pushing you to do it because I want a commission, but I'm pushing you to do it because of that first initial meeting that we had. And I know for a fact that that property, that, that investment, whatever it is that you're buying for, makes sense for you. Right. So those are my socks. So so so, what would you say? And I don't know if you've experienced it yet, or if you will ever in the in the in the course of the transaction. But how would you handle you as the buyer getting cold feet now that you don't have a Gustavo Martinez to walk you off of the ledge and 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 talk you out of that self-induced fear? Because at the end of the day, a lot of times that self-induced fear is just natural. You're you're making a huge purchase, probably the most the most significant and largest purchase that a person will ever make in their life. So it's natural to have that fear. So if you come across that, 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 um, those couple of days of of getting cold feet, is it something that you, how, how do you anticipate being able to handle that? Or how do you anticipate being able to use that to your advantage the next time that you're helping people out now that you are, now that you've experienced it on the other side? I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because no, the reason I don't know is because all I've felt so far is just excitement, excitement, yeah. and just anxious to just get it done. Uh, never really announce a fear, not fear. Uh, even though I think I said I was scared before, did I say no? Not scared. I was just well, I mean, fear of missing I think, out, I guess. But it, that's a different type of fear. I feel. Yeah, that was a lot of f's. f's. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it's not so it's not fear of buying a property. It's just fear of maybe you know because it's I, I know it's. Like I guess, we, like we said before, it's gonna make a, it's gonna make money. You know, eventually, it may take a little longer than the next one, whatever, but it is gonna make money. And, and so the fear is that the next one coming up, the the week after or the next day, is going to have better numbers than this one, or it's gonna be in way better shape or in a way better location for the same money that I spent in this one. It's just, it's just too many, too many variables to really even consider. And I know that's not realistic. You should just go for it. And I mean, there's always gonna be new listings. Right. So yeah. 
So yeah, but I, I, I don't I don't think I would get coffee. If I eat coffee, it's because okay. I probably have um I, I just forgot wear, your socks. Well, no, or because you're wearing the same worn out shoes. <laughs> well, yes, they probably got wet the day before, and I just don't have any other pair of shoes. But no, if I eat coffee, it's just because I went in for the wrong property at the beginning, and and I don't. But I don't think it would ever get to that point. I'm not so, desperate. So not now that you've mentioned that you have defined your type of property and yes. you are focusing on the numbers, can you explain a little bit? in terms of what it is that you're looking for, what kind of numbers, I mean, you don't have to be too specific if you don't want, but, but what essentially is the main criteria driving your surgeon, driving your decision? So like I said before, just for the sake of argument, I mean, uh, let's just think about the fact that all these three, all three of these units for a three family house will be rented eventually. So uh, I, you know, let's just forget about the first year thing and just think about that. Uh, my my goal here is to make as much money as possible. Does that answer your question? After paying all expenses for the property and like that, I would like to take home at least at a minimum $800 a month. Uh, and that's already putting aside money for, for vacancies, for, you know, for repairs and stuff like that. I would like to take home about $800 a month. I guess that would be a clear goal to have. And that's the rule that I'm using when, when figuring out numbers for, for properties. If it gets close to that and the property is really good, but it only brings me home six fifty or six hundred, but it's in a really good location and it's, it may need less uh, less updating, you know, in the long term because it's in a good, a better location, or I, I may get better tenants because of it, or or the house is completely redone and I don't need, you know, I'm not have to put as much money aside. I'm willing to overlook that income, that monthly income, for those reasons. But that's what I'm using as a base, at least. Okay, and 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 what have you found in terms of what's on the market right now? Would you say that your criteria is doable? pretty challenging to come across in this market or are you finding an abundance of options? You're just kind of hesitant to pull the trigger because of what you mentioned, the fear of maybe another one coming along or how, how are the numbers comparing based on what your goals are and, and what's available? There's a lot of under market value rents and I don't want to go into a property and increase rents to the tenants. I mean, that to me, it's so, so weird and just makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> even though it's just part of the process and I do it with clients. Are you feel uncomfortable charging them rent at all? <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, they can only pay if they want to. If they don't feel like it that month, I'm just okay with it. Okay. Yes, no problem. Uh, I'll, I'll just put my, my new shoes on a credit card. <laughs> Um, no, I, I feel like the, the numbers are, are easily, not easily accessible, I guess, but it's doable because if you have a, a, a property that is not making you as much money, that property is you typically on a lower price range than what I was looking at. So it kind of like, you know, balances out, but, but yeah, no, I don't know. Did I answer your question? Did I? Um, it's, it, it, exactly. is, it is, it is doable. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not all of them make, you know, not all of them, you know, reach that number or, or that that criteria that I have for myself but but that's kind of why it's there you know to narrow to like weed out the, the ones that are bad right so the few times that you and I have actually discussed specific properties and you've run your numbers to see how they compare to what you're looking for I've always I've always looked at the investment formula for each property or the criteria for each property as a score that each property has. And yeah. I, I just recently last week, I think we were going over one property that we ago. were considering. Um, and as I mentioned, we were adding a lot of expenses that you likely probably, you likely wouldn't have incurred being the owner, being the, being an owner occupant in that house and 
self-managing it. And this particular property was actually recently completely remodeled. And so we probably were looking at significantly lower maintenance expenses than, right. we, were, than we were incorporating into this. But I, I, I mentioned the importance to keep everything uniform and in the, in with the, with the idea in mind that each property has a score and in order to get a uniform comparison of scores and how properties compare to each other, you need to be, you should be including the same, the same, the same line items at the very least. Obviously the numbers will vary, but you should have the same line items. So, but the thing about that is the fact that, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's good for comparison reasons, but I want to make sure that the property still meets that requirement, even if, because what, what if in 10 years, I don't want to, I don't want to take care of myself. Well, I still want to make sure that property will make me money. And so I, I need to know that those, those numbers work right now so that in the future, if I need them to work based on those things, I know they will. Well, no, of course. And that's, that's what I'm getting at with each property having its score. But the importance is to make sure that you're scoring the property correctly, because you're right. Somebody might say, oh, this property has, and, and by the way, the score that I'm referring to is, is a cap rate essentially. And in order to get that cap rate, you want to make sure that when you're comparing cap rate between properties, cap rates between properties, you want to make sure that the same line items that you use for this property is right at this one. cap rate that you're using the same line items here because yep. otherwise you're the automatically completely automatically off. adjusting your cap rate on the, on the property that is in your favor to your advantage. So you're not comparing apples to apples at that right. point. But, but the fact of the matter is that when you considered it, you did what I mentioned. And as you said, rightfully so, because in the future you might yeah, actually what move out. And what happened? And what happened when, I, you, when I did what you, what you want me to do? You lost the house. Yes. <laughs> the agent wants to no longer work with me. Who comes in with a negative three hundred thousand dollar offer? But it's just it's way it is. I guess that's how it scored. It wasn't it wasn't my fault. But uh, but I, you should be comparing it that way, and I think that it's important for people to. To, 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 to listen to this particular part of your search, because even though you're going to be occupying the property, and in some cases you're looking at properties that have been remodeled and very well done and very likely will cost you very little in maintenance expenses, at some point you will need to incur maintenance right. expenses. At some point you might move out and you might need to hire a property management company, at which point you need that line item for management. Um, you should always maintain a line item for vacancy. Some people say, oh, these, these tenants have been here for 10 years and they say that they'll, they'll stay here as long as I allow them to, so I'm going to get rid of the line item for vacancy. Now, you know, your scores aren't compared the same way in terms of, right. in terms of how well that property expenses from so, so, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, you should use the fact that you are able to to do away with some line items because by virtue of the fact that you're going to be used, occupying the property, and just consider that yourself as a personal bonus, as opposed to right. as opposed to driving your offer decision based on adjusted cap rates or scores, based on how you feel you're going to be managing the property or how you feel the property is going to be performing under your ownership. Because under your ownership, wait, should I, say, should I go increase that offer? Yeah, I don't know why you actually lowballed it so much. I, yeah. I, <laughs> Actually, interestingly enough, did anything come of it from? No, so, so I mean, just, obviously, we can't, we can't just, talk about it. Specifically, sorry, sorry. They just straight up said no. But you, no not one even else a counter contractor or anything. What? No one else made an offer. It's not under contract. It's, or anything? it's still active. It's still active. Right. And every day I come into the office, I think about just calling and be like, "Just tell me what you want." <laughs> I'll tell you what I want. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just saying that, they'll just give it to you. 
Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're still protect, protected by the by the appraisal, so that's something that kind of makes me feel like maybe I should do something like that. But at the same time, it's not. It's fine. We'll move on to the next one. Well, it was a first offer. It was a first offer that you made. Is that my right? Am I right? No. Yeah, it is. It yeah. Is. It was the first offer that you made on a property, so it was a good start because it wasn't an offer wasted. It was actually an offer that you legitimately wanted to submit because it was a house that you actually liked. You want to see it and you, and I actually want to see it with you. And I was very impressed at the quality of the remodel and, and the size of the unit. So it was a really good house. Um, and it just didn't work out. So you can use that as, you know, the first one now has been out of the way. And in some cases, the way that things work out, maybe you'll find yourself revisiting this. Maybe the price will get reduced. Maybe they'll come back to you. Who knows? Um, it, I wouldn't dwell so much on it being that it was just your first offer. Um, so you, you had to go through that motion at one point. Yeah. It's the first time I got rejected. Really, though? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. so, so where do we go from here? What, what, well, we're going um, to keep looking. Like I said, every day I log into the, to the MLS to see if anything new hit the market, if anything new is worth checking out. Um, but, but so far, nothing. So we'll just keep at it. Okay. Really. Uh, now, you also are vlogging this. Yes. And again, I know that we're kind of recording these simultaneously. So Doesn't matter, if we don't have to, you don't have to reveal any information that you Stay have yet to, to record. But, um, but yeah, if you want to explain to me the, the, the reason behind the vlog, which I actually think is a great idea. Um, well, that's what it is. I mean, the same way that I have this conversation right now, we're doing it because we know that people, people are not interested in articles about, you know, why interest rates are, are down or, or why you should do these things in order to, to, but before buying a house and stuff like that, people like to see other people go through things, and and, and I, you know, I don't. The keyword feel, is see. They like to watch. That, right, so. right, right. And and I don't feel comfortable just recording my clients because I tried it a few times. They didn't know, and it just became a big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah it's it's all right. It happens to the best of us. So so now I decided to do it for myself. Should we say that I was joking or? <laughs> Okay. I mean, you have to lie to them. Psych. <laughs> you still say that? Psych. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. I mean, we can air this in 1999 if you want. Uh, but um, what was I saying now? Oh, my God. Your vlog. You, oh, yes, you yes. appeal to people who want to watch in certain, instead of reading things. So, yeah. So, now that I'm going through it myself, I mean, it, it's it's good because people will be able to see what, what it's really like to, like, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a first person type of thing, you know, what it's like to go through it. But also, it's kind of cool to know that, you know, in two or three years, I can go back and just look at it again. Yeah. I like, I like to watch me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's also helpful kidding. because, um, I, I mean, you've established a, a, a certain level of trust with not just your clientele, but also people who might be in your circle of friends who might be looking to buy. So to see you going through the motions of buying a house and learning from you firsthand and essentially practicing what you preach, I think that in and of itself... That's actually really interesting. Valuable. Sorry, hold on. One second. One second. Stop. Second, go on. Okay. Uh, that's actually really interesting because... Fuck. Wow, I should have stopped you sooner. Why? Damn, I, I, I forgot. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that interesting. Oh God. <laughs> um, no, I actually think... Okay, no, I know I got it. I think it's really interesting to have people actually see me do the things that I tell them, that, well, that I advise them to do. 
uh, the fact that, like, like you just say, you know, practice what I preach, and it's just it's not just me trying to to get another sale or anything like that. It's really in their best interest. So seeing me go through it now and see me do the same exact things that they did with me months ago, years ago, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that's actually pretty cool as well. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Of, uh, that has a lot of value, and that's why I wanted to. That's why I thought that it was a really great idea because not only, and actually we mentioned this just yesterday. As recently as a few years ago, not many people were doing video, not many at all. And the people that would do video, they would be considered the people that would stand out. And it would be as, as simple as taking your phone out and recording a selfie video or recording right. just a, a, a walking tour of a house while you were Which speaking I still behind do. it. Right. But that was that was the exception to the rule at the time to how people were do, were running their business. Now we're in an environment where everyone's doing videos. So in order for in order for you to stand out, your videos I think have to have one of two things, and that's they have to be good. The quality of the videos have to be good to to make them stand like out. These microphones. Secondly, the content and the creativity has to be unique. So the fact that you're vlogging something and you've gone through certain lengths in terms of purchasing material and cameras and you guys and have no idea how difficult this is, by the way. And, and your time right now, I would say, is predominantly spent on that video editing software for your yeah. videos. So, so you're putting a lot of time and effort into it. And the end product shows. And it's allowing you to differentiate, differentiate yourself from everyone else who's doing video right now. Oh, wait, did, you just, did you just start the whole conversation again? And on, what do you mean? I feel like that's how you started this whole Oh, this whole yeah. Thing. Well, it's coming full circle. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and on top of that, you're adding a very creative twist to it. So... As opposed to just doing video blogs about, hey, if you're looking to buy a house, I recommend you do A, B, and C. Or what you should do, step one is get pre-approved. Step two, go search. You know, things essentially reading an article to somebody. Which those things video, are fine, but you're right. It's just, it's not where we are anymore. Well, it's fine in the sense that it's that it's informative. You're getting right. the same information across. But it never hurts to throw a creative spin into something that makes it more captivated and causes people to be. And that more shows engaged. who you are, and that shows who you are, that especially people are. that don't know you. You know, to, to show you your true self behind the camera and not just act like a, like a, a, a you know, like a certain person when it's not you. So that's really cool too. Yeah, to no, I think I think you're 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 tapping into something really. And it reaches really a demographic that. that you want to reach because if you if you are who you are, it's going to appeal to people that you want to work with anyways. Yeah. So that, that's also cool. Yeah, so many I mean, cool it things. Offers, I mean, the transparency, I think, offers a huge level of credibility that, that no, I'm not that a resume doesn't give you credibility, but I think that this is a much more genuine uh, glimpse into who you are and what you can provide for somebody. And by simply watching a couple of these videos, people leave, I think, with a sense of, of trust and and comfort with you that that makes it probably easier for them to 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 be more willing to take that step. I think that it just builds trust. Yeah, it builds trust. Trust better than any you know list of uh, accomplishments can do. I, certainly that helps, but I think this delivers a message a lot more quickly and a lot more effectively. Yeah, so, definitely. So I think that that you're you're definitely taking using the most of of, of that opportunity. So. Um, and we can wrap up soon, but I guess quickly. By the way, I'm getting, I'm getting shirts made. Or they're just going to say, let me be your socks. I love you just that. just that right now. Yes. I just, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that analogy. Is that what it's called? So, I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the just, analogy, yeah. The analogy get is good. Feet, let me be your socks, people. I want to be your socks. <laughs> All right. Yeah, actually, that, that's, a, that's not a bad idea. You have to no, no, no. no. It's now. my idea, guys. My ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
before before we finish, I guess yeah, we do you have an idea. We really are thirty minutes yeah. in. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, when you're rambling, you were thinking about socks the whole time. You couldn't answer the questions. <laughs> I'll have to revisit this in a separate we, episode because I left these open. We need to do a word count because you speak a lot. It takes you a long time to just to just ask this one is, question. Oh, this is so typical. You're just always pointing the finger at someone else. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to get your socks. <laughs> Uh, so what happened? Well, I mean, I guess now that you told me that we're 30 minutes in, we probably won't have time for this because well, if we, I probably if, would phrase the question if too we long cut out, Well, that's true. <laughs> if we cut out all the nonsense, we're probably five minutes in. So <laughs> You mean the socks nonsense and the feet? Well, that's the only thing that's staying. That's the only thing that's staying. That was gold. Um, so I was going to ask where you see yourself, where, where you see this purchase taking you. Um, that doesn't have to be in this defined period of time next year, three years from now, five years from now, what would you, what do you want to get from this purchase essentially? So the way I'm seeing this is it's just a stepping stone to the next, to the next point, I guess, or the next goal. Uh, this property is not gonna, it's not really going to make me, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna Will it break you. Not a, well, it could actually, it could. That's why I didn't say make me or break me. I know how it goes, but it could break me. It could. Uh, it's, it could make you. I don't think so. So is this a nonsense you mean? Maybe we should get yeah. this one. <laughs> All right. So it's not going to make you, yes. but it's a stepping stone to yes. what? Well, building wealth, I guess. Uh, job, uh, well, not job security. That's that's not the right. Can we cut this part out? <laughs> uh, just security altogether. All financial, you know, financial security. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Financial security. And uh, and it just feels good to know that, that I'm going to own something and that, that it's mine and that it's it's because I put my money, because I parked my money somewhere, it's, it's making me money now. And, and that's just, I don't know if that's just such a, such a cool concept. And I look forward to, to doing it for quite a few times more, hopefully. And hopefully in 2020, we can get a second one. Great. Awesome. Well, as you said, um, you have always been advising your clients to focus on investment properties and how to maximize those purchases and investments and how you do That's it another yourself. thing. I actually, I felt uncomfortable every time I said that because I'm over here telling people they should do it, but I don't have one. And people don't know why I don't have one. I mean, people don't understand maybe that because I started a 1099 job, I had to wait the next amount of years before being able to qualify for a loan or because I, did, I had a bankruptcy in, you know, in the past uh, two years ago, uh, I couldn't qualify for a loan. So stuff like that, people just don't know, but it makes me uncomfortable telling people you should definitely do it, especially my friends. You know, I tell them all the time, dude, why aren't you buying a two or three family house, a multifamily house? Why don't you do it? And they never questioned me. It was like, why don't you have one? Because first of all, most of them know probably why. But at the same time, now that's going to make me feel better. And I'm probably sure. going to say it a little bit more um, aggressively. Matthew's force. No, no, I will. I will. <laughs> do you guys hear that? I'm coming for you. All right. Well, um, all right. Well, 30, 35 minutes in, I guess we ran over what we were originally planning on. Um, it was supposed to be a 30 <laughs> second interview, <laughs> but I think we got some good information and, um, I hope that people got a lot out of it. And especially with the information that you actually want to deliver with your blogs and, the, and this entire process. So, um, thank you for sharing that, of course. that, uh, that story with us and your experience. And then hopefully on the next podcast, we'll have an update as to where you are in the process and maybe we'll, we'll touch up on it again. All right. Absolutely. And thanks guys. And remember, let me be your socks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. Thank <laughs> you.